Welcome to the Impact Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Carnivera, the leadership development ecosystem that helps you grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. Today is episode 23, and our special guest is Monty Clark. And the title of today's episode is Anybody Can Make Money on LinkedIn, Powerful Tools for Using LinkedIn to Grow Your Business. Have you ever wondered how to get more leads and sales using LinkedIn? Our special guest, Monty Clark, is going to answer this and many more questions today. Monty is a LinkedIn guru, author, and the founder of Relevant Marketing Solutions, which helps people and companies use LinkedIn to generate high-quality relationships and B2B business leads. Monty will be sharing with us the reality that LinkedIn is a powerful tool for building relationships and turning those relationships into business. Most important, Monty will give you specific and actionable LinkedIn tactics to help you grow your leads, your sales, and your business. Welcome to the Impact Leadership Podcast, where we explore leadership, business, and personal growth to help you grow your business and live a richer life. We're your hosts, Jeff Dishwitz and Craig Matthews. We believe that leaders have to put their people first. And if you don't have time to grow your people, then you're not leading. Get ready for conversations that will challenge your thinking and help you transform your leadership and your business. Welcome to your bigger business and bigger life. Well, today we have a new friend of mine, Monty Clark. Monty is an expert in LinkedIn and helping people use LinkedIn for business development and for sales growth. And one of the reasons that I wanted to have him on here is because we're we're just starting to sort of emerge from the COVID issue, the whole pandemic. And a lot of people are wondering, how am I going to get back to sales? Is it going to come back the way that we've always done it? Am I going to go back to networking groups and things like that? Or do I need to up my skills? Well, I thought that this would be a perfect episode to have Monty come in and talk a little bit about what he knows that people can use LinkedIn for to, to grow their sales. So, Monty, welcome. So good to have you here. Thank you very much. Great You're to welcome. be on the show. So, we'd love for you to share a little bit about your story. Uh, start wherever you want there. But we, we'd like to know about, you know, how did you get to this point? Why, why LinkedIn? And just take it away. Love it. Yeah, thanks. I've been in marketing and sales for 20 some odd years. Um, most of that with kind of my own company, you know, doing a lot of freelance work. I was a graphic designer by trade coming out of college. Mm. So um, I've always been in the marketing slash advertising sales scene. Fast forwarding all up to probably about Five years ago, I was VP of marketing for a local company here in Kansas City, was working there, but and somewhat oversaw a couple of different different divisions of the company and just decided that I'm, I'm going to stay here and retire under this scenario or I'm going to get back to doing what I love to do, which was really just having my own company and doing my own thing. So I set back out again. Now, prior to going to them, they were a client. So I had kind of dispersed all my clients out from there. So I was starting really absolutely from scratch. Again, no clients, very little cushion to fall back on, you know. So it was a it was a true startup, if you would. Didn't have any partners investing or anything. So, okay. you know, I naturally started calling some people, trying to network and get my name back out there again. I, and I'd been on LinkedIn for quite some time, but I was like most typical users that, you know, you have an account, you haven't done a whole lot with it. You just have it because it's social media and you're supposed to have it, right? <laughs> right. So I was on in 2004, but I didn't know really how to use it until more exactly, recently. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I'm a search engine optimization guy. So I started posting out there just about some misnomers about SEO. And uh, it was very quick. It's probably about two to three weeks. I started having some advertising agencies from around the country reach out to me to white label my services under their brand. Wow. Yeah. And I thought, well, okay, there's something to this. You know, this is different <laughs> from uh, how I've done business in the past because I wasn't actively selling. I was just putting content out there. Yeah. 
So I decided, okay, I'm going to pour into this. I'm going to really investigate it, see if this could actually be a niche, right? Mm -hmm. So I spent 10 to 12 hour days, Monday through Sunday, just all pouring into it, trying to see if I could figure it out, see what other people are doing, talk to as many people as I could about it. After a few months, I wrote a book called Mastering LinkedIn because I had kind of discovered how the algorithm works and what, what works to be successful on the platform, not only from a content standpoint, but from a sales standpoint as well. Okay. It just kind of took off from there. Now my focus is entirely on LinkedIn and I, I only work with B2B companies. Figured out that, you know, if you have the right strategy mm-hmm. um, and you take the right approach to LinkedIn, um, you can absolutely build any, business, any B2B company using LinkedIn. I think that's really interesting that you're focused specifically on B2B. To me, mm-hmm. it seems that most people, you know, they, they can do the relationship building and kind of get a little bit of traction on the, on the you know, one-off kind of sales to the consumer. But when it comes to the B2B, that seems more complex, more daunting to a lot of people. And for you to say mm-hmm. that that's the specialty, that's where you're digging in, I think that's awesome. Yeah, B2B is more daunting and complex because it's all relationship driven, right? <laughs> what? Relationships? <laughs> I thought you were dealing with companies. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the kind of secret sauce to LinkedIn, right? Is it wow. is entirely about relationships. And, um, <laughs> you know, I think it's funny you say that because that's, that's Jeff's phrase. He loves the, the term secret sauce. And he loves relationships. So you've already gotten Jeff hooked in here. Well, and I'm I'm really curious to hear the how in this because pretty much every single person that I've experienced who are selling on LinkedIn are anything but relational. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's a difference between selling and relationship selling, right? Totally. In relationship selling, you're more interested in how you can add value to, a, mm. to the person that you're dealing with. Well, um, it's, it's about the relationship, right? Mm-hmm. You're wanting to know more about them and the problems that they have and then how you can help them. Mm-hmm. The sales process is entirely about you. It is what can I get from you today and what kind of value are you to me, which is very non-relational. Mm-hmm. I have yeah. another word other than non-relational. I call it obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. 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 I yes. call it spam. Right. Right. <laughs> What's in it for me? Not you. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, and that is a big problem on the platform, quite honestly, you know, I mean, sure. There, you know, there's a lot of spam. There's a lot of people that are just hard hitting sales, you know, and it, you know, if you approach LinkedIn, like it's a live networking event, people would handle it a lot differently. <laughs> so, How many people are really still just throwing their business card in your face at a networking event too? Yeah, no doubt about it. From a content standpoint, a lot of people, I think, approach their content like they're standing in the mirror talking to themselves. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's really not about what can I deliver to an audience. It's kind of more what I want to say today, you yeah. know, so. That there's point. a there's a fallacy there that that is engaging and that people will want to hear it. Gotcha, so Monty. I'm curious. I just want to understand from your business. It sounds like when you left, you know, you had a business for many years. You went in house as the VP. You left, started with nothing. I can relate to that. Yeah, <laughs> with my business. And it sounded like though that your business has shifted and that your business I'm hearing is significantly, if not exclusively, working with B2B businesses on their sales and marketing strategy on LinkedIn. It is. Yeah. So (laughs) I will work with both individuals and companies, but when I work with companies, we stay, my, my company's called relevant marketing and, and, you know, that's exactly, I chose that name because that's exactly what we're trying to help companies do become relevant in today's modern vernacular, right? Because, you know, marketing strategies, to be quite honest, are mostly tired and old. It's, you know, it's using kind of the same vehicles, the same strategies, and the world changes all the time. Yes. And, um, and it's just changed significantly. Back to your point with the pandemic that came around, you know, there's... What, did that, did that affect anybody? Yeah, maybe a little. Um, <laughs> you know, companies um, usually 
change not by choice, it's by force, mm. right? Yes. And so, you know, we've all been forced now to take a different approach and a different look at things. So, yes, I, I work with companies more on the strategy side of things because, you know, traditionally there's this big divide between marketing and sales in, in most companies, right? Mm-hmm. Marketing creates the branding message. Marketing creates what you're supposed to say. Sales is just supposed to go out and track down leads uh, <laughs> and, and, and close deals, right? Right. But what happens when the business doesn't grow? You know, marketing blames sales. They're lazy and they only want to work with yep. hot leads, right? And sales says, well, marketing is not producing the right leads. They're not producing any leads. It's all cold stuff. I have to do all the work. Right. So, what I'm trying to do with relevant is bring these two together and LinkedIn is such a phenomenal platform in doing that. Yeah. Um, it's a rising tide floats all boats scenario between marketing and sales. Yeah. I've definitely seen that the intersection between sales and marketing often isn't there. No. And it's just a blame game. And it's, it's so sad to see that because if they just got together and say, okay, this is what I'm looking for. Let's define what the expectations are. Let's make sure that, what, what we're looking for is what you're actually delivering from the marketing side. How do we reach this particular market segment? Let's get clear about that. Mm-hmm. Can you ask some questions up front so that we're qualifying these people before we start following up with them? So they're not totally yeah. cold. How do you warm yeah. them up before they exactly. get to us? Well, in most marketing, you know, both, whether it's internal or marketing companies that come into defining strategies, you know, we're producing brochureware type stuff. Yeah, it's just right. basic information. And, and, if you look at most corporate pages across LinkedIn, that's exactly what it is. I'm just disseminating information to you. Here it is. Right. Here it is, right. So like websites, but the platform is relationship driven, right? We're trying to yeah. engage one another. We, so with that being said, you need to create content that people are going to want to engage. Right. So, you know, how can I get you into a conversation that then initiates and develops that relationship? So, yeah. That's well, to your point of, about the mirror, you know, if we're, if we're creating a website that is all about us, mm-hmm. it's not going to connect with the audience. There's going to be little to no conversion off of that. And in the same way, if we're, if we're engaging then on LinkedIn, what you're saying is that we need to make sure that all of our messaging is really thought about from the audience perspective rather than what we're trying to say and get across. Exactly. Okay. Yep, exactly. Sounds like a good conversation. Well, and one question I have, Monty, you're talking a lot about content and you're talking about content that engages. So how much of your work is about the content and the strategy around content versus, I'm going to call it the active engagement process. And what I mean by that is I've been told over the years that one of the things I need to do more in social media generally is get more engaged in the dialogue not just in the content. So talk right. a little bit about those differences and the work you do around those. It's a great question. I teach a master class. So there's a lot of people, since I started doing this, a lot of people would be coming to me asking me questions like this, right? So I started this master class specifically to help people do it. And one of the things that I say in one of the sessions in my class is for this week, this entire week, I don't want you to, to post anything. All I want you to do is go out and engage other people within your industry, within your niche that would be potential, could be potential customers, right, of yours or your ideal customer. Mm -hmm. Do nothing but engage. So, and by saying that, what that means is go find their posts, start adding comments, Mm -hmm. not just nice post. Thanks for sharing. (laughs) Like, um, you know, engagement is conversation, right? So um, be thoughtful in how you are engaging the content, ask a question in the comment that you're putting on the post and see if you can get the conversation started. So active engagement of like what you're talking about is absolutely critical. And some of the people that work LinkedIn the best don't even post the most they actually engage it the most through going out and finding the right people to talk to and then engaging them where they are either in their com in their content that then leads to a direct message conversation that ultimately leads to something like this. It's a zoom call or 
getting them on the phone. Gotcha. If you're posting online in any social platform, ultimately you're going to get some pushback on something that you're going to post out there. Right. And that can be done in a thoughtful way. That can be done (laughs) in an appropriate way. Yes. Right. Or that can be done in just a combative way. So if you're out there and you're going to disagree with somebody, it's just think of it as though we were sitting looking at each other and having the conversation. I would be, I would tend to be more respectful of you. So often people, because we're not sitting in front of one another, feel a little bit more free to be a little bit <laughs> more yes. forceful with it. But yeah, I mean, I, I always welcome it. If, right. um, and I don't, I, I very rarely, if ever, will remove a comment from one of my posts unless right. it's just somebody being rude. Yeah. But I don't face that a whole lot either. But what right. I recommend is to respond in a good way to that. You know, mm-hmm. if somebody's legitimately coming to you w- with a disagreement or a, an opposing view, that's a good thing, right? Yeah, I think so. And we should be able to discuss that because guess what? Your customers are going to do the same thing. Right. And if we cannot, if we can't deal with objection or somebody disagreeing with us, you're not really going to be very successful in the sales <laughs> process either. <laughs> True. <laughs> So, Monty, you're, you're, you're really causing me to think here, which I like. So, the question that's coming to me is, when I think about what I'm familiar with, but you have a lot, a wider range of knowledge and experience on LinkedIn, the people who post a lot that I would be able to, you know, access to go in and comment on it are a lot of people like me. And what I mean like me are coaches, consultants, uh, solopreneurs, mm-hmm. the people, and those are not my ideal clients. Right. Right. So I'm curious what your experience has been in the B2B market around the people who are posting out there that are in that potential target market in organizations that I can engage with. Based on your experience, are there a lot of people in companies that are posting content to engage with? That's not been my experience, but I may not be looking for it. No, and it's a problem. That That is one of the big problems on LinkedIn, you know, there's 675 million people users on LinkedIn right now. 1% of those are content producers. Mm. So, and when I say content producer, that means you're posting at least once a week. Mm. Okay. Okay. So there's actually very little content that's still being um, created on LinkedIn. Now of that, of those that are producing effective content, um, that is purpose and strategy driven and yeah. right and is valuable to your target market. It's probably 1% of that. Wow. Because, because it's still, in, in my opinion, it's still a widely misunderstood platform. Okay. How um, so? Well, social media in general, you know, if you look at how social media started and stuff, it was very much more personal oriented. You look at Facebook. Instagram, it's all me, 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 right? right? It's all about me. And I want to tell you about me and <laughs> be me and how great I am. Yeah. Right. So LinkedIn came up and it's, and it started as, you know, a job seekers platform. It was predominantly geared towards, that's what all the profiles were set up to be. Duplicate your resume, put yourself out there so that people can see that you're right. looking for a job, right? Then it became you know, as it has grown and Microsoft purchased it, it has become more of a corporate B2B platform. So the content is just now beginning to elevate. But to your point, it's, it's still what people are doing is still putting out just dis- basic, you know, disseminating of information, right? That's, that again is not, is not engageable. I don't think that the platform has matured to the point that people realize and understand that it truly is about how quickly can you establish relationships Mm. because opportunity is found in the relationship, Mm -hmm. right? And so the more, the more relationships you can establish and the more effective you can be at establishing them quickly, the more opportunity you can realize from the platform. Okay. So Jeff and I would consider ourselves pretty, you know, expert level of developing relationships at least in the personal, you know, interpersonal side, I don't know that I've, I've really tried to engage other than like Zoom calls or, and things like that, where you can, it's, it's almost the same thing. 
Mm-hmm. But on LinkedIn, there's that separation where you don't, you don't have the dialogue in the same way. And so it seems less rich. So how do you get over that? Here's one of the, here's one of the beautiful things about LinkedIn that I, I work people through is when you walk into a live networking event, okay, yeah. let's say you walk into an event that's got 100 people in it, right? What do you know about all the people that are there? <laughs> Nothing, right. right? I mean, you're unless you know somebody specifically that you've already had a relationship with, you you know nothing about them. Yeah. On LinkedIn, I can go to most people's profiles and I can find out significant information about them. Okay. Now, now once I find out that as much as I can from their profile, I can also check out their activity. I can see what they're commenting on. I can see what they're looking at. I can see what they're posting about because. A lot of people will post specific information about their company or events or whatever that they're doing there. But if you look at their engagement on all of their, their engagement, right, through what they're commenting on and stuff, you can really figure out a lot about people. <laughs> right. So the more I can learn about you up front before I even have a conversation with you mm-hmm. is going to make that conversation go much more quickly and smoothly once we actually do have it. Yeah. So it's just a little bit of an investigation process so that when I do engage you, whether it's through commenting back to one of your comments, uh, connecting with you and sending you a message, inviting you to connect with me, or if I'm direct messaging you. Now I, all, now I actually have some things to discuss with you outside of just the common, hmm. hey, tell me about yourself, right? Okay. Because I already know a lot about you. It's based on your engagement and stuff that you, that you actually have on LinkedIn. Now, gotcha. so that's, that's where the creep factor comes in. A little bit. There's a little <laughs> creep factor. So but I know where you went to school. I know what your third, third, uh, third grade girlfriend's name was. And <laughs> yeah, you just, you just can't use it in a creepy way. You know? yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So we, we have all the knowledge, but we don't always use our big sticks. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. But I want to go back to that question. It really intrigued me with that, Monty. The 1% and then the 1%. Mm-hmm. I don't even, I would not say I have a LinkedIn strategy. I'll be honest about that. I'm very active in producing content on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I put content on LinkedIn at least once a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that content, I would say 95% of the time, I feel like is intended to be valuable. I'm not promoting anything. In fact, and this could be part of the challenge, some of the stuff, a lot of the stuff I put out is not directly about my business. It's something mm-hmm. I'm thinking about. But when you mention this idea of reaching out, because I know I don't engage well. I'm not very active in reaching out to others and commenting. I'll like things, but not a lot of comments. But as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, but if I go, most of what I see is I'm going to go and engage with other people like me and we're going to have a really cool conversation about leadership, for example, but those are not being honest. They're not my target market. Yeah. So what, what you're talking about there is if I'm talking to all fellow leadership experts, they're not going to be clients. Right. 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 So what actually happens on a platform is, you know, you, we build up a network. Okay. So that's, that's, the foundation of, of LinkedIn, connecting with people. As you connect with people, that's why you want to be targeted and focused in the people that you're actually connecting with. So you want to be connecting to people who you would do business with. Right. Okay. So, and be focused and diligent in, on a daily basis, connecting, connecting with more and more and more of those people. Okay. Because how the algorithm works is when you're out there and you're engaging and you're posting, okay? When you're posting, it's going to show it to a very small percentage of your market, mm-hmm. all right? So if it's going to, and it's going to see what kind of activity it gets. Okay. So when you are out there and you're talking about leadership, what you do want is for other leadership people to come in and maybe engage that post, hmm. okay? And that's one of the best ways to do it is to get other like-minded people that are going to engage it. Then it will open up, the algorithm will then open it up to more of your um, connections, more of your network, right? So the more engagement that you get, the more, the more LinkedIn will open that post up into your network. Okay. 
So what we're actually striving for is you want to get engagement so the, so the people who you want to do business will actually see it. Hmm. Okay, and so the more people that within your network that you're building correctly with people who are part of your target market, then you have the opportunity to do business. Now, what I will tell you is most of my business comes not from people who are engaging my post. It comes from people who watch my posts and watch the engagement that are on my posts, they form an opinion and idea about what I can uh, solve for them, and they reach out to me. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay, so, um, and they will have never engaged my post before. Hmm. In fact, I just this week, I got an email from somebody that, from a company that said, I've been following your content for a long time. I think you can help us. We need to get better at our marketing and we'd like to talk about LinkedIn and stuff. So I went and looked, I, I hadn't even connected with him. Hmm. He wasn't even a connection of mine. Wow. Yet he's, he'd seen my content, he'd seen my engagement. And, you know, so a lot of people that do engage me on a daily basis are not people that are going to be my clients. It comes mostly through what I'm just talking about here. The more I am out there and the more people engage it and LinkedIn opens it up into my network for the people that I will, will be my, you know, customers. We call those lurkers. Okay? <laughs> those, are, those are people that are there. You're never going to know they're there. Mm -hmm. You're never going to see or hear from them until they want to do business with you. Well, even with the, I guess, the, the more advanced, the higher levels of, you know, the paid LinkedIn, you can actually see the people who are looking at what you're doing, right? Yeah. Well, to a point. I okay. mean, if they come and look at your profile and stuff, you can see what they're doing. Okay. And, and you can, and I highly encourage people to look at who's looking at your profile often. Okay. You know, Sales Navigator is, is the true paid version of LinkedIn. And what I tell people, lots of people don't even really understand Sales Navigator. But when I talk to people, I tell them, you know, what you do understand typically is a CR, a typical CRM system like Salesforce or Sugar, right? So the value of a Salesforce or Sugar is entirely based on the content that you pour into it, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, it, it, it's a useless tool until you're actually putting something in there. Right. Right. Now, the value to Sales Navigator is 100% the opposite all of its value is what you can pull out of it hmm. because all of the data is there. All, you know, everybody that you would po potentially want to do business is there. It's a matter of you pulling them out. Okay. So let's, let's take the scenario where, you know, Jeff is here. He, he's a professional speaker. He's not doing as much as that right now for some strange reason. And he's a fantastic coach. He wants to connect with, with heart led leaders that want to grow themselves and grow their business. So how would he use something like Sales Navigator to connect with those types of people? Well, the very first thing I would encourage, Jeff, is that you be highly focused in who you're actually going after. So, you know, what we try and do is help customers identify their true target market. Mm. And so most B2B companies, when you ask them, you know, who's your target market, their response is, Everyone, right? <laughs> Every, everybody can use our, our service, which, while it's kind of like, and, and what I try and work with people on is, okay, so everybody needs water, right? We all need water. <laughs> right. So um, if you're a water salesman, what separates, what, how are you, who are you specifically, are you going to go after water? What kind of uncommon value are you creating that the very specific person that wants your brand of water is going to want? Are you putting a little lemon spritz in there? Are you, you know, are you making it bubbly? What is it? So um, there's not that, you know, you, we have to boil it down into the person that wears the green shirt and has the polka dotted shoes. That's my target market, right? So the better you can do that, the more narrow and more niche and clearly defined you can do that, the better sales navigator because the great thing about Sales Navigator is you can do a deep dive into a very specific customer type. Okay, so I would recommend with Jeff is that we, okay, what type of person are you looking for that could use your leadership 
guidance. Mm-hmm. All right. So are, is it entrepreneurs? Is it entrepreneurs of a certain type of company in a specific vertical? Um, you know, have they been, do they have a company of a specific size? There's all kinds of different things that you can consider. And a lot of times it's going back and just looking at people's current business, right? Who are you working with right now? What are the, what's the picture that comes to mind of the type of people that you help and that you're dealing with? And then let's take that and see if we can duplicate that and gotcha. find more of them. So oftentimes what I'm going to, what I recommend to my clients is let's get hyper-focused on a, a very tight niche, own that niche and then expand. And mm-hmm. so many people say, yeah, but I'm going to be missing out on all this stuff. What they don't realize is that to get to that larger market, you have to broaden your message, which makes it less effective. And so the tighter we can focus on saying, okay, I'm, I'm dealing with CEOs who are in engineering companies of this particular size who are providing these specific services, and I can help them in this particular way. Mm-hmm. That's where we can now have very, very tight messaging. And what that means is we can get really good at the long tail search phrases. If we're looking at SEO, it can, it can be that our message and the content that we're putting out there now is really targeted to those specific people. And our spend on marketing is much less to get higher quality people. A hundred percent, hundred percent. I, one of my favorite sayings of all times, and I tell this to every single class that I work with, a confused mind always says no. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, it, and if you think about that, right, it's, it's true in every area of life, right? If you're going down to the, gro- if you go to the, to the grocery store and you pick up a particular product and you look at the ingredients, and you have no idea what any of the chemicals are in it. You're probably not going to buy it, right? It works exactly that way in business too. Yeah. The moment you face confusion, all sales, especially in B2B are emotionally driven. Yes. All sales are emotionally driven. They start emotional. Okay? Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. You, you said that all B2B sales are emotionally driven. That sounds like it's people making decisions. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Wow. Because people do business with people. So I think so many people that are looking at, at the B2B marketplace, they're thinking, okay, I'm selling to this company, and therefore it's mm-hmm. this company that I need to sell to. And it's, you're, you're absolutely right. It's the person. It's yep. the people. Yep. Who are the influencers? Who's the actual decision maker? Yep. Who, who are the, you know, maybe the technical leads in certain cases? Who are the, the influencers in different areas? Yeah. So it, it always, it starts emotional, right? So, you know, you're going to form an impression immediately. So when, when that emotion kicks in, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you've started to form an opinion, so on and so forth. There's emotion. At some point, logic comes in and argues either for or against that emotion. Right. Right. So then if, if logic comes in and there's confusion, yep. it will always be no. Good point. Okay, so the thing that you have to do and why we want to get very clear and very concise in the specific problem that we solve for mm-hmm. the person, and it's for the person, right? Yeah. The specific problem that we solve, when, they, when that logic kicks in to say, can they solve that problem for me, it needs to be yes. Right. And that will drive the emotion into saying, okay, I want to use him or her to solve that problem. Yeah. Good point. So, and and that's why it has to be very clear because the more convoluted or diluted, you know, that that message becomes, the more confusion is created. Okay. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. The Impact Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Cartevera. Cartevera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, resources, events, and a community to help you grow. At Cartevera, we believe that you can't grow a business bigger than you, that your company is limited by your growth. We blend personal growth with leadership, team, and business growth to give you a single place to grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. You can find out more at cartevera.com. Welcome back. Well, I'm confused. <laughs> no, no, that was just that say was no, almost, Jeff. Just say that no. Was almost a joke. Almost a joke. I'm, it's funny. I say that because 
I'm sitting here having been in business in this business for 12 years now, active on LinkedIn, and I'm sitting here going, what the heck is Sales Navigator? <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of it. Wow. You're not alone. You're not alone. <laughs> Sales Navigator is, like I said, it's kind of the paid version of LinkedIn. So there's a couple of different versions of it. One, the one that I use is uh, Sales Navigator Professional. And basically what it does on a, with a basic LinkedIn account, um, you're limited in the number of searches um, that you can do. So if you go up into the little search bar, right, mm -hmm. up at the top, and you do a search, after so many searches that you do, LinkedIn will shut that down and say you can't search anymore. Right. You've exceeded your limit, okay? So if you have a paid version of Sales Navigator, you can do unlimited searches. Now on the search bar in your regular LinkedIn account, it's fairly limited. You can't, you can't really dig into any real detail of a search. They're very basic searches. On Sales Navigator, it's an advanced search. So I can look at company size, I can look at years of experience, I can look at all different kinds of things. They, they provide you with a deep dive, if you would, into the LinkedIn platform so that you can find the right people. So it's, it's somewhat difficult to do with a basic LinkedIn account. The other thing is, you know, with a, a standard LinkedIn account, you can only connect with about 20 people a day. 20 to 25 people or so on the free account on with LinkedIn sales navigator, I can connect with up to about a hundred people a day. Now who, who can actually connect with a hundred people a day? Um, that sounds like a lot. Yeah. None, unless you're using automation, which I don't recommend, but, okay. but you do want to uh, build that net, your network up and you want to build it up fairly quickly. Right? So the more people you put into your pond, more fish you put in your pond, the easier it is to fish. So yeah, okay, um, good point. You know, you do want to build it up. Well, so sales navigator is something separate from premium or whatever those other accounts. Yeah, are. They, ha they have a couple of different ones and it's, and it's somewhat confusing. Can but, you walk us through maybe how you would, how you would look at the different piece, uh, different options there? Yeah. If you go into your system settings, like, so if you click on your me menu up at the top, which is just yeah. the little icon up at the top, right? Mm -hmm. You click on that and you go into your system settings, it'll tell you what, what you have. Sure. Okay. So if you have a premium version, the premium version of LinkedIn really is sales navigator. Okay. Um, so you either have basic or you have sales navigator in some way, shape or form. So okay. again, now there's multiple, there's various levels of sales navigator. They have the pro version, which is good for most people. If you're a recruiter, they have a recruiter's version of it that allows you to do a few more, a few more things. Um, and then they have an enterprise level of LinkedIn. So the enterprise level is for corporations. You have to reach out to LinkedIn directly and they give you the kind of, they give you the pricing based on the number of people and users. And there's different things, reasons to have it if you're an enterprise at the enterprise level. Okay, cool. So I guess one of the questions that I would have around LinkedIn then is I have gone through and I pulled out a whole bunch of contacts. So I had, you know, 2,000, 2,500 people in there and I went mm -hmm. back through and I said, you know, I don't really know this person. And so I, I come from a perspective of if I don't have a relationship with them, at least at a, a basic level where they know who I am, why would I have them on my LinkedIn? And so I've pulled all those people out. It's down to maybe 1,100 people now. Do I need to accept every request that comes in? Do I still filter it? You know, if somebody's just saying, hey, let's connect. If I don't know them, I'm not connecting. Is that a wrong approach? Not necessarily. Um, <laughs> you sound like a consultant. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of different answers for that. I always encourage people connect with a large number of people, even if they're not your target market until you hit up to a couple of thousand people. Okay. So there's a few thresholds, right? So a couple of thousand people will allow you to, it, it does become easier to connect with people when you mm -hmm. have more connections, right? <clears throat> As in second and third level connections. Yeah. But when yeah. you like, just when you're going out to connect with people yourself, 
So I really do liken it to if you are going to stock a pond, okay, with, with fish, mm-hmm. and you wanted to fish a specific type of fish, you would want to stock it with mostly those kinds of fish, right? Mm-hmm. If you're a bass fisherman, you don't want to throw a bunch of guppies in there. Right. So, you know, as, but, but to get the ecosystem going, right. Uh, to get the, to get your thing built up and stuff like that, you're going to throw all different kinds of fish in there. Okay. So all different kinds of fish up to a certain point are okay. So the, the bass need to eat the guppies. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> you know, but once, once you're actually in the position to where you're wanting your content to go further, uh-huh. You want it to, you know, more people to engage your content. Uh, okay. Once you are in a position to where you're wanting to reach out and connect with more of the, uh, your target market, then you want to be really focused on that. Okay. Um, you want to be really focused on the people that you're connecting with because a, um, to Jeff's point being, you know, in the leadership space, you do want to put some people in there that are engaged that will engage you on your posts about leadership, right? Because okay. if most of the people that you do business with up with are going to be predominantly lurkers, you need some people to engage with. So, uh, but the other secret about engagement though, is that if you want engagement, you have to go engage. And, gotcha. the, and as you engage consistently across the platform, more people are going to come and engage with you. And I'll tell you, that's been the biggest barrier for me to engage in any social media is that I feel like if I'm going to do it, I have to keep doing it. And it's that repetition. It's the, it's the, is that demand on me that I don't like. I like mm-hmm. freedom. I don't want to be constrained to, I have to do this thing over and over again, but I keep hearing it from lots of different sources. That's the only way to be successful on social media. Well, it, it's really like anything. Okay. So if, if you decide I'm going to, I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to build some muscle, I'm going to go to the gym, right? There's two approaches, go to the gym every day and work on it or go to the gym once a week. Okay. What's going to be your quickest results? (laughs) Yes. So I got uh, my slap in the face. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's that way. Honestly, it's that way with anything in life. True. Yeah, you're right. You know, isn't that true? You, um, you know, the more you pour into it, the easier it gets and the, and the quicker the return. I was talking to a, a client yesterday and he was saying, I've, I've done all this stuff. I've, I post, you know, two times a day, I'm doing this, that, and the other. I'm, I'm constantly putting value out there, constantly com- contributing to the social media sphere. And I've gotten no sales from it. Yeah. It's because you're not solving any problems. <laughs> okay. It's yeah, really I the truth. I, this is, it, this is why I deal with it, with every client. Okay. Every client, I, I hear that same thing too. Well, I've been active and involved in LinkedIn. I've, I post content and I engage people and I ask, what problems do you solve? <laughs> Cricket. <laughs> okay. So again, if you talk to a mirror, yeah. what's going to talk back is yourself. Wow. You know, if okay. I'm out there and you have a problem and I'm the one that's going to solve it, yeah. now you'll talk to me. Okay. And that's going to be, and how you do that is through consistently, when you talk about adding value, value is only in the eyes of the beholder. Right. Right. So it's not value to me. It's what value am I delivering to you? Right. And so the only value that I can actually deliver to you is if I can help you in some way solve some problem that you have. That's why most people are there. Gotcha. If I can solve your problem, then we can have a discussion. Okay. So, so just, it's building up your trust, expertise, and authority in the ability to solve those problems that wins you business on LinkedIn. Okay. So I guess in, in even posting for the Impact Leadership Podcast, I'll put a post out on LinkedIn or, you know, a different social platform and I'll just say, hey, wow, you know, Jeff and I just recorded this great session. We had Monty Clark on here. He was talking about LinkedIn. You, you should watch it, right? That's clearly not going to do it. So what right. I need to change it to is, Hey, have you ever wondered how to get more sales by using a platform like LinkedIn? Well, we answer that question by bringing in Monty Clark, the expert. Correct. Is that a better way of approaching it? 
it is a better way of approaching awesome. it because you're solving a problem that people have. Okay. Right. So and, asking the questions, which is what Jeff is so good at. So maybe that's something that you can bring back out of this, Jeff. It's ask some of your amazing questions as you, as a way to engage people more. Yeah. Now what you're talking about there is a hook. Right. Okay. So um, what I encourage people uh, with all their posts is hook, story, call to action. Okay. Okay. So that's kind of the general form. The better you are at creating the hook, which is just getting people's attention, right? People are just scrolling through the feed is, you know, and we don't have a lot of time. The quicker I can grab your attention with something and I'm, and if I can grab your attention by solving a problem, then you will look further. Now, if I can tell you something in an engaging way through some type of a story, now you're going to remember me more, Mm -hmm. right? And so when you think about it on the platform next week, when you're back on it, you might think, well, I wonder if he's got more content that I can look at. Hmm. And then the call to action, you have to give people a reason. You, you have to tell people what you want them to do, right? right. Um, like this link. Exactly. Go listen to Monty well, Clark's episode on the Impact Leadership Podcast. Do that or ask the question there, right? What's your thoughts about, have you had problems getting business off of LinkedIn? Is LinkedIn a business building platform? You know, to ask provoking, provocative questions yeah. that that people will actually want to engage is is so much more. It's so much like when you're, you know, if you guys have kids, you know, if you remember when you sit down at the dinner table at night, the and you say, "How's school?" Right. Cricket. Right. Good. <laughs> Fine. Good. Right. Okay. If we if we ask close ended questions, we're we're going to get close-ended engagement. Right. If we ask questions like, so give me one thing that went really well for you at school today. Right. That creates, I have to think about that and that's going to invoke discussion. Yeah. So the more you can do that through your content, the more engagement you're going to have too. Wow. Yeah. My question was, so what did you learn today? Nothing. (laughs) Exactly. So, Monty, you talked a lot about the need for me or anyone to be active in our own engagement. Mm-hmm. And I acknowledge it's not something I'm really good at. And my concern is how much time is that going to take? And can mm-hmm. you, I know it varies with everyone, but speak to what kind of time should people realistically think about engagement for that process? And relative to that, what's the pros and cons of outsourcing that? Great question. And I get that question all the time, too. So it's a great question to ask. Um, A lot of people, you know, when we start talking about this, a lot of people do, you know, the first thing, the emotion that goes, that creeps up there is, oh, nuts, I'm going to have to spend like four or five hours a day on this platform to be able to make it do anything. You know, it's not the truth. I can, as far as content goes, you know, when I work with people, I can show them how to make about six months of content in about three hours. So. There's a system and there's a process under which you can go about making content. And, and it's a very simple process, too. You use Google and you can use Google searches. And, and I can show everybody that, but I'll just speak to that right there. Find ways of making content quickly, right? Have content stored up. You don't have to just on a daily basis be thinking about, okay, what do I got to post today? That's, that's <laughs> right. a lot of th- ways that gets people stuck too, not understanding what to post. Right. But in terms of engagement, like what you're talking about, okay, do I have to go out and talk to 100 people a day? No, you don't. Um, when I work with clients, I have them take 10 people a week. So if you can take 10 people a week and you can engage them there and try and get them into some form of a relationship conversation, that doesn't take a long time, right? Because every company, when you talk to them, when you talk to most people and you say, and I say, okay, if, if you were full on clients today, how many clients could you take today if I were able to walk them into your door? Most of the times the answer is 10 or less. Right. Okay, so if, if you only need that amount of clients, there's no reason to take the approach that, okay, I've got to go and engage 675 million people. Ooh, good, right? good point. You're, you're going and you're engaging a very specific amount of people. When I'm posting, 
now and I'm trying to get engagement to the post, I'll, I'll typically get between 20 to 50 different comments on my posts. Hmm. So if I'm doing that, I set the alerts to my phone and I'm just basically responding to them like I would a text message. Hmm. I don't have to spend hours on the platform. So the first 30 minutes of a post are very critical. You want to try and get as much engagement to the post within the first 30 minutes. Then it will just kind of ride throughout the day. I will come back to it from time to time. Like right now, I'm not concerned about being there. And the second somebody comments, I got to get a comment back, right? Right. Then I can just respond periodically throughout the day. It doesn't have to consume my day. It doesn't have to be the only thing that I think about. So that's part of the strategy about social media is working out, okay, what's the best way for me to get content delivered to the platform? And then how many people do I actually need to engage throughout the week more than it is, okay, do I need to spend four or five hours a day on the platform? So if you're engaging 10 people and in that, you know, if we, if we look at normal numbers, that may equate to one sale. You know, so if you're, you know, mm-hmm. 10 leads to five leads to two leads to one, right. we're looking at a sales phone. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, uh, are we, are we looking at 10? Are we looking at 20? You know, is, is the goal, let's get one new, new client a month or you just ramp up the level of effort correspondingly. My goal is to get you as many clients as you possibly can, as fast as you possibly can. So well, that's a pretty good goal. So that's a, <laughs> yeah. So, but again, most people's goals are, okay, I need 10. So if your goal is 10, I'm going to tell you, okay, let's take 10 people and let's see if we can get them into active relationship conversation week one next week. And we're going to, and I'll, and our, my sales funnel process is work them through this process throughout that week. Okay. Okay. Then next week, we're going to do the exact same thing with 10 new people. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Okay. So at the end of the month, you're now you're now working 40 leads. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so within that 40 leads, can we produce one or can we produce 10 or 40? Right? right. It all depends on what is your offer? What is your uncommon value? What problem do you solve? And how quickly can you communicate that to the right people that brings in that business? Gotcha. Wow. This is an eye opener for me. <laughs> I yeah, wow. this, is, this is so this is so good. I have a lot of questions you may be hearing from me because love to love to help. Yeah, yeah this and you're saying it in a way that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And so I know that I've benefited a ton. I know our audience will have benefited a ton from this, Monty. And uh, as you, we know, before we started the show, we told you we always wrap up with a couple things. But the one thing that's most important is what do you want to share with the audience that you want to promote? I heard you talk about a master class, which may be something for you, but what do you really want to share that uh, people need to know more about? The, if, if I had one thing, it probably would be that master class because I have found that it is most helpful to individuals. So to um, specific people, because the number one thing that I hear about LinkedIn all the time is I love LinkedIn. I use LinkedIn but I haven't gotten a single penny out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's exactly where I was, right, a year ago. And now I, I understand how to get business out of LinkedIn, and it's a very specific process. And it, with the right strategy and the right communication, anybody can. And that's what I love about it. When I first started it, I wanted to make sure, I wanted to work it so that I could do it myself. That was step one, right? Step two is, can I transfer it? Mm. Is it repeatable? And can I transfer that to you? And I've figured out now in working with people that yes, indeed, it is transferable. Anybody can make money on LinkedIn with the right strategy. Mm. So it's really a business growth class that I use LinkedIn as the delivery vehicle. And it is a phenomenal vehicle to use. Excellent. And how do they find out about that? They can find me on LinkedIn. Um, really surprisingly (laughs) uh connect with me message me you can hit my uh website montyclark.com m-o-n-t-e-c-l-a-r-k.com so monty you also know we have our special questions at the end and so one of the questions (laughs) 
we want to know is what's the book? What's that one book that you would recommend to folks to just have more impact? Uh, yeah. So my book would be As a Man Thinketh. Hmm. And um, it's this little weird book. <laughs> Classic. It's, it's old, right? And a friend, a good friend of mine told me about it a, a, several years back. Mindset is so critical yes. to our success in just life, right? Hmm. And um, this book has just a very unique way of talking about the seeds that we plant in our mind, hmm. right? And we get to plant the garden of our mind, so to speak, <laughs> whether we're going to plant good plants that are going to produce good fruits, or we're going to plant bad plants that produce weeds and so thorn true. bushes, right? It's just a very unique way of talking about mindset and how with the right mindset, we can really accomplish anything. Yes. With the wrong mindset, we can't accomplish anything. It was really a, it was a great book to read, and I would highly recommend it for anybody, really, that hasn't read it before. Awesome. It is a fantastic book, and I totally agree with you about the, the, what we put into our minds and what we focus on is what shows up yep. big time. Well, I'm a believer, and that may be time for a reread. I probably haven't read that book for 20 years. I read it <laughs> early in the journey, but I remember a lot of it well. Yeah. So the second question is one of my favorites because it's about movies, and <laughs> you don't know this, Craig does. I tend to see the world through the lens of movies and vice versa. I love it. And uh, the question is, what's the movie or the character scene or even a line in a movie that speaks to you about leadership and impact? Well, this is a fun question to talk to you guys about, you know, because um, one of my favorite movies of all time is The Pursuit of Happiness uh, uh, with Will Smith. And there is a scene in the movie where uh, he's interviewing for his first job as um, a broker, right? And um, he, he's late. He's had a bunch of things happen to him in life. And so he's all disheveled. His, he's didn't get a shower in the morning. Um, his clothes are dirty. Uh, he, he didn't come in looking like he was really well prepared to sit down at one of the top brokerage companies in the city in wall street. Right. So he's across sitting across the table from an older guy suit dressed to the nines tie. And there's, they, they go through talking about how, you know, he's, he basically hasn't had the school. He's gone to a school that nobody knows about. He's, and he's, he's sitting there looking all disheveled. And the, and the guy says, you know, what would you say if somebody came in and they had no shirt to sit down for this interview? What would, and I hired them. What would you say to that? Will Smith pauses. <laughs> he just looks right back and says, well, I'd say he must have had some really nice pants. <laughs> Talk about now, responding in the moment. <laughs> now, what's that say about leadership? It says it doesn't matter what is happening in life, what bombs are going off, what, what problems you face, right? There is an answer and there is a solution for every problem. Oh, that's great. And the more creative you can be, the more skill and ability you're going to have to overcome those problems. Mm, and that so there's true. nothing in life that has to stop us from pursuing and reaching our goals and our dreams other than our own minds. Wow. And, so true. you know, and if we can think about things creatively, anything can be overcome. Wow. Oh, I love it. I love that movie. And it's been a long time since I thought about that scene. Yeah. You're probably going to drive me to go back and watch the movie to find some new special moments in it. So thank it's you. Fantastic movie. And thanks yeah. for bringing it today around LinkedIn. Right. Relational approach, a relevant approach. Huh. Right. <laughs> relevant marketing. It's amazing how that works, isn't it? <laughs> well, I know you made a difference for me today, and I'm sure you. you will for all our listeners. Thank yeah, you for being here, Monty. It's absolutely my pleasure. Thanks, guys, for having me on. I really had a great time, and it was a great conversation. Awesome. Take care. Thanks.
If you like this podcast, you'll love the Cartavera Tribe. The Cartavera Tribe is a community of growth-committed leaders who want to connect, engage, and grow themselves, their people, and their businesses. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, assessments, and events to challenge you and help you grow. And the Cartavera Tribe is a membership like none other. You'll get live access to Craig and Jeff where you can ask questions, as well as masterminds where you can get answers from other leaders who've already solved your greatest challenges. You'll have access to additional interviews and a variety of courses, tools, and resources to help you achieve your biggest goals. We have monthly game days where we have challenges and competitive games to help you grow your leadership capabilities. And you'll get a personal growth Sherpa who will guide you to help you reach your growth goals. To find out more, go to cartavera.com. That's C-A-R-D-I-V-E-R-A.com. See you on the inside. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep. Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Life sucks as a grown up. All right, you think that was good enough? I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Right.